0: Hey
1: everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. I'm Shelby, your host, and today I'm joined by Taylor Morgan of the Captain's Lifestyle Podcast. We talk about a lot of interesting things in this episode, so stick around and here we go. So I brought you here because as I told you, a lot of lash artists, they live like really unhealthy lives, in my opinion, like we sit down for so much of our day and we see clients back to back to back. And it's almost like a badge of honor to say like you scarf down your lunch or whatever. So I know you kind of preach the opposite and talk about optimizing physical and mental health and stuff. So I wanted you to share some of that with our industry. That's right. Starting with like, I guess, how did you get into like this journey of chasing personal growth and all that?
0: Wow. Okay. I guess we can take it back to high school, I guess. I had always been relatively fit, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, played baseball my whole life, started working out at 16 uh, and then joined the Marine Corps. After high school, served four years as a machine gunner in the Marine Corps. Uh, that's when I started to dive deeper into fitness and then broke my ankle in the Marine Corps while I was drunk. The whole crazy story behind that. It's, it's wild. Like it. Like <laughs> it's partying? Or like, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. If, I mean, if we want to get into that, we can but it's not really relevant to this. But that was like a turning point for me
1: mm. of
0: like, okay, I got to get my shit together. Yeah. And um, started diving deeper into podcasts and, you know, personal development books, started taking college courses and started to understand that it's not just about exercise. Like you got to get quality sleep. You got to eat quality food. You got to, you know, you got to have your mindset right. And you got to manage stress. And at the time, you know, being in the Marine Corps, super high stress levels, uh, super bad quality sleep, okay nutrition, but they don't have a lot of good options there. Mm -hmm. The workout was like the one thing that I had dialed in. Mm -hmm. And uh, after that, I became a CrossFit coach. So then really started learning more about how everything is connected, Um, you know, because you can't spend one hour in the gym and expect that to offset the other 23 hours of a bad lifestyle, right? That's just not how it works. It's everything's connected. And um, so yeah, I coached CrossFit for about five years. And um, after that, uh, so I wound up being the head coach of the biggest CrossFit gym in Saudi Arabia. I took that job because they paid more money Mm -hmm. than I had an offer in the Cayman Islands. Beautiful Cayman Islands. They they flew me out there, showed me the gym, had me coach there. It was wonderful. I loved it. I took the position in Saudi Arabia simply because they paid me more more money. And very quickly, I realized that I don't care about the money if I'm not happy, you know, doing what I was doing. I, I wasn't making the impact that I wanted to. The lifestyle there is just complete opposite, like not health conscious really at all in general. And um, so I quit that. And then started what i do today the captain's lifestyle holistic lifestyle coaching because like i said everything is connected you can't just work out you can't just get good sleep you can't just eat right like you gotta do all of them Mm -hmm. combined so long story or i guess short story short of how i came to what i do today
1: i feel like that kind of obviously our stories are so different, but like, there is a point for me where I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm so unhappy and I'm just chasing all these little arbitrary goals and dreams that I have set for myself, but I'm just still so unhappy. And it's because I was, um, just doing too much, trying to do it all. Couldn't pass anything off. Um, just felt so like I had to control and keep everything to myself that I wasn't, I just drove myself to the ground. And so, um, I don't know, ever since I kind of realized that and, and stuff, I kind of changed the course of my life. I closed a location. I had two locations at one point. I never, I don't think I told you that, but Mm -hmm. yeah. So there I was actually worried a little bit, what people were going to say about that. And there were people that were like, oh, did you hear? She, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, went out of Rumors. business. Um, and yeah, so, but I was so happy when I did that. And then it like led me to more better things. So yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, back to you. So I've been following you on Instagram for like two weeks, obviously, but um
0: yeah do you want to say how we met
1: sure um basically we met on a retreat like like a soul searching retreat basically
0: it was just people who wanted to learn more about you know communication and
1: patterns and relationships that Yeah. yeah it was it was one of the coolest things i've ever done I feel so connected to people that I met there Mm -hmm. and um, I don't know, like I've always traveled for business or taking more courses or conferences and stuff like that, but this is the first time I ever did something for like me and I'm like, where has this been all my life? Like, this is so cool. Um, I cried so much. I know you did too. Like it was magical. It's hard to even explain. I, I've been trying to explain it to people, but I, I would never be able to do it justice because it was mm. just so special. Yeah. How was it for you? Do you want to share? Yeah, it was lovely.
0: <clears throat> um, yeah, very eye-opening. Um, like you said, a lot of crying, um, which was unexpected. Uh, a lot of intimate moments which I really enjoyed, uh, like eye gazing, for example, and uh, just being around a bunch of conscious people who their you know their main goal is to spread love and to be a light, uh, and just to be in a space with all of those like-minded people, you can feel the energy literally like it was amazing, and I've made some lifelong friends. Uh, from that just it's amazing the the group of people who were who there and the fact that we stay in contact after the fact like we're going to a dinner tonight with you know members who are in Austin mm-hmm. so yeah it was super cool uh, I'm clearly into all things personal development and um, yeah it was it was amazing
1: yeah it was something you could feel and I and I felt like whenever I came out of it I'm like I want everyone that I love to feel this. I want to show everyone what it's like to actually pour into like your spiritual side or like not just focus on business and numbers and (laughs) goals and stuff, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Actually being there, it was, I I did feel a little bit like self-conscious at times because everyone there was either a coach or something in the realm of, spirituality basically Mm -hmm. and I was like I am a salon owner and I just felt a little out of place but actually that was a place where I've never felt more seen and just more like accepted than that weekend and I missed it afterwards like I I am so glad for tonight that we're all getting together because I really do miss that feeling um but yeah it was it was a great weekend so that is how we met.
0: So why did you have me on a lash, lash podcast? Although wow. I do have very good lashes. Maybe we can get a close-up <laughs> of my lashes. <laughs>
1: you do. You do. <laughs> um, it's kind of my way of like bringing in what I experienced to this world that I love so much. I'm so passionate about the industry. Obviously, I'm connected in, to it in several different ways. Um, But... One reason I love, like, some of the podcasters that I listen to, for example, is because they bring their soul and spirituality into business, and Mm -hmm. I love that, and I want more of that, and I want us to live, like, healthier lives. Like, I see even girls that work with me sometimes. I'm like, are you okay? Like, this is a lot, and um, I think there is a better way. And so, anyway, I, I just saw that you... Know your stuff. Obviously, I was saying I've been following you now, and every day you're posting like some sort of tip or something. Mm. And I'm learning stuff every day from you. So I'm like, let me have him
0: on. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is kind of my specialty. I work with entrepreneurs specifically. Um, I, I work with male entrepreneurs, but you know, the, the same principles apply to anybody. I just connect better with males. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a big problem. Um, <laughs> I think one of the big issues is that as a society, we need to change our definition of success. Success is not killing yourself in business, whether you're the owner or you're working nine to five job. Like mm-hmm. success isn't the amount of money you make or the amount of accomplishments that you have. I I believe that we should define success as happiness and fulfillment. And if you get that from your job or your career, that's awesome. And it's more than that. You need to cultivate these relationships. You need to have these intimate connections and like actual, you know, conversations and with other like-minded people and friends and family. And you need to understand like how to love, like real love with... Your partner and also love for other people and it's different kinds of love um love for nature love for animals just love for everything right and we get so caught up in our day-to-day lives of you know just living in the matrix okay going to work again doing the same thing getting off work doing the same thing just in these repeating patterns and then we stress ourselves out and then we don't do anything about it because we see other people and they're like, Oh yeah, this is normal. I'm stressed out too. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm unhappy. I'm unhealthy too. That's just how it's supposed to be until we retire. Then we'll be happy. And it's so sad because that's not, that's not how it has to be.
1: Have you read the four hour work week?
0: Absolutely. Tim Ferriss.
1: Yeah. It's life changing. Um, and it's not even literally, you have to only take that, you know, literally and do only four hours it's just looking at it like don't save just the end of your life for traveling and doing all the things you want to do yeah
0: well my my purpose statement for my coaching for the captain's lifestyle program which is my three-month course for you know male impact driven entrepreneurs is leading the future of business and what i believe that means is CEOs or business owners, in order to succeed in the future, you must first care about your own personal health, happiness, and productivity. Because if you, as the owner or CEO, are not operating at your full potential, your business is not either. It is impossible. You know, you, as the owner, if you're not at 100%, your business isn't at 100%, like that's just period. Okay. Number two, you have to care about your employees' health, happiness, and productivity. You have to care about their well-being, right? So obviously a lot goes into that, talking about wellness programs, not the traditional corporate BS wellness programs, like actually talking about quality sleep and getting enough sunlight and all the things. Mm -hmm. And so that's number two. Number three, you have to care about the impact that you're having on the community And the environment as a whole, because like I mentioned, everything is connected and consumers are starting to become aware of the environmental impact or the, you know, what charities the company is donating to and things like that. And me personally, I will always pay significantly more money. I I don't really care how much more the price is. If you have two identical products, one, it costs 10 times more. But they're a member of 1% for the planet. They're a certified B Corp. They donate to a certain charity. They're made of sustainable materials. I will always pay 10, 20, 50 times more for the good product. Because like I said, everything is connected. And we were talking about this a little bit the other day. Like how you treat yourself is, or how you treat other people is how you treat yourself. Like if you eat garbage food from like McDonald's and and you understand that the meat and the food, the processed food products that you're getting from these fast food places, the cows are essentially tortured. It's a hor they yeah. live a horrible life. Um, you know, McDonald's contributes to a lot of plastic pollution. So if you're aware of that and you continue to support these brands, that shows how you feel about yourself. And you know, we were talking the other day about littering. Like, if you litter, like imagine how you treat your own body like what does your own house look like like all of these things are Mm -hmm. connected
1: a few things were coming up from for me when you were talking um one is like the feeling sorry the feeling i used to have when i would be going home from work after seeing a bunch of clients and also trying to manage and also trying to do payroll and inventory on time and do our social media because I wouldn't pass that off and just be the superhero um, boss, you know, Um, I would go home and on my way home, I had like a 40 minute drive and I just would be in silence and I would just feel like, like, just almost this ringing or warping and I would just be dead. And I'm like, I literally haven't eaten today. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go to Chick-fil-A and get something. And then I'd watch Netflix and go to sleep and do it again the next day and the next day and the next day. And um, that's kind of whenever I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. And then it's almost like you do that and you get stuck in it and it's easier to stay there. Like I would actually go through phases where I wouldn't go to the gym, too. Like, if I was just, like, in a really down phase of my life or something, like, I wasn't taking care of myself in other ways, then, like, I would almost tell myself, what's one more day? You didn't go to the gym yesterday. Like, who cares? Like, and it's that negative self-talk, too, that I I relate to so much because I used to do that to myself. And... When I started eating better, started working out, and um, just reading, I think you posted something about this the other day. Consuming like all mm. all the stuff that you're consuming. Yeah, actually, you were making a different point about it because you were saying like, don't just consume, like also create. Yeah, but when you're just consuming whatever trash tv or playing video games all night and Mm -hmm. i don't know a lot of men do that but
0: which that stuff is fine if you're conscious about it so my i wrote a poem about um like consume the problem with Mm -hmm. a lot of people is they're mindless you know they just that's just part of their routine they just they've just been doing that it's how they like turn their brain off right it's how they decompress or de-stress after a a hard work day it's just unconscious Mm -hmm. and um that's when it becomes a problem like so if you're conscious about it like i play video games with my best friend and we i do it consciously like i take a break from work or whatever and we have you know that's how we can connect um but if you do it unconsciously and you let it control you like if you binge watch netflix or like you if you play video games all night you're just getting these instant dopamine hits and you're just stuck in this comfort spiral yeah. you, like you can't disconnect from that so that's when it becomes a problem if you're doing it unconsciously or, or mindlessly mm-hmm. right
1: yeah uh, well i think also whenever you're not doing what you need to be doing for your business or you're putting something off and then you're you just sink into another show or another game or whatever, or like your family's there and like your other, like your partner's doing all of the housework and parenting because you're just playing video games all day. Like that's something that so many people that I know personally deal with. And um, yeah, I feel like so many of us are not living our best life and we all act like we are. Yeah, on social media that's
0: that's another problem because i know that most people are not living their best life Mm -hmm. and they put on a face they're like yep i'm totally fine everything's great i'm doing well thanks for asking how are you yeah bullshit Mm -hmm. you're not like tell the truth like it's okay and that's why i was saying like we need to have these you know (laughs) better communication and um be open and um vulnerable now of course it's You know, one, get better friends, because if you feel like you can't be vulnerable with your friends, like question who you're hanging out with and and spending time with and, um, you know, real friends, first off, real friends won't even let you do those things. Like a real friend, if I notice one of my friends is just wasting their life away, playing video games all day, I'd be like, Hey man, what are you doing? Like, what's, what's going on? Uh, like men, especially, should not let their other male friends just, you know, waste away. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um. Audit who you're spending your time with. Like, go through your texts. Like, who are the last five people you texted? And if, if they're taking energy from you, like if they're draining energy. Or maybe they're not even draining energy, but they're not consciously trying to yeah. lift you up and push you to be better, then limit the amount of time that you spend with them.
1: Yeah. Usually every day you you go about life and everyone's like, hi, how are you? Good. Mm-hmm. How are you? Great. And you just go about life. But um, there, everyone just like really look at you and be like, really how are you?
0: Yeah. Like, how are you really? Yeah, yeah,
1: and that was so special. And then you just can't like not be vulnerable. Like it just happens like that. And I think that that's how we are. Like that's how our nature is: is we do want to connect and we do want to like go there, Deeply. but it, we don't. And it, that's I hate that. Missing. Yeah,
0: I like to break that cycle when somebody asks, "How are you?" Um, like when you ask me, "How are you?" I, you know, I respond either with like fantastic or like swell or like some word that's like hardly used and so it's it's not just the good yeah yeah how are you doing good Mm -hmm. okay everybody says good it's like no i'm can i cuss on here yeah said shit (laughs) i'm fucking fantastic like i you know and that kind of breaks the cycle and they hear that they're like whoa yeah like okay like what are you doing that's so amazing and then you know that kind of gets them out of it
1: you know Mm -hmm. You said something the other night, uh, how you, and I think you mentioned it earlier, how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. Can you expand on that a little bit?
0: So yeah, how you do anything is how you do everything. Meaning that if you, you know, sacrifice in one area of your life, that's going to bleed over into other areas. Like you gave the example, oh, I missed the gym yesterday. I'm going to miss the gym today. That's going to bleed into oh, I ate shitty food the other day, oh, I can eat shitty food today, you know, and so if you commit to doing one thing, right, this is why a lot of times with my clients, like, they, they're so eager to start living the captain's lifestyle, you know, my brand, they're start, they're eager to change their lives, and they want to do everything all at once, and I was like, that's great, and it's also very difficult, you know, I, that's why my program is three months long. Like I don't just give you everything and say, good luck, go do it. Yeah. No, like start with one thing, commit to doing one thing. And then once you get better at that one thing, because how you do anything is how you do everything. You'll be much more able to commit to doing these other things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I never sacrifice my values. um, Like no matter what, like, because of that, like I understand if I were to sacrifice in one area, it leads over into everything else.
1: Just even the way that you keep your workspace um, or <laughs> – so we see clients, right? So we have we invite clients into like our area where they're laying down and um, I don't know. I just feel like the way that you maintain your space um, also has a lot to do with like how your brain – functions absolutely when i teach someone how to do volume which just makes no sense to you but there are sometimes like leftover lashes on the tray or something and i'm always like move those lashes so that your brain can only focus on this one thing because all of the chaos is like distracting yeah um and even like when a client walks in like the energy of your space is reflected in sometimes like just how sanitary and clean it looks and how put together it looks. And if it's like the lash trays are all out and like it's a dirty blanket or whatever it is, like Mm -hmm. that, I don't know, it sets the tone, I think. Versus if they walk in, they're just like, whoa, this place is like so well-kept and so immaculate. Like I feel so like special, like you put this all, you know, together for me. And is that making sense?
0: Absolutely, A, a cluttered room or a cluttered office Is a cluttered mind.
1: Yeah, it's a reflection of you.
0: Yeah. So one of the first things I recommend people do is just make your bed in Mm. the morning. Like just start with making your bed. That's one task accomplished. It makes it, you know, it cleans the space. And like if you accomplish nothing else during the day, at least, you know, you start by making your bed. But usually once you start with that, it's like, okay, now I feel accomplished. It's like checking something off. Yeah. So it clears up mental space
1: can we talk about your morning routine because you don't
0: want to know about my morning routine i do you're (laughs)
1: he has um just it's i think it's so interesting you do a lot of things and i mean i'm awake when at the time that you like first post like you know you're outside and make sure to look at the sun and all that stuff i'm like i mean i'm awake because i'm a mom and just woke up but like Mm -hmm. you woke up you don't have kids. You're just up because you want to tackle your day. So yeah, I do want to hear about your routine.
0: All right. Well, I'm from California. So in California, I wake up at 3am. When I travel, that changes. Like we're in Austin now. So that's two hours ahead. So I wake up at five. And when I'm East Coast, wake up at six. And that's also so you don't get jet lagged. So Mm. if jet lag is a problem for you, one we could talk about that. there's a lot of strategies that once you understand you don't get jet lag anymore. So now I'm waking up at five but in California normally wake up at 3 a.m first thing I do is take a cold shower like wake up immediately into the cold shower, start your day and um, after that I come back in my room read my MVVP mission vision values and purpose and after I read those, Then I will meditate around 3.30. It's supposedly a really good time to to meditate. And um, after that, I will journal and and then read. And then after reading, I'll also do some light movement after the cold shower just to get the blood flow, you know, loosen up anything. Mm -hmm. Depends on how sore I am and things like that. Uh, Then I'll read for it depends 20 30 minutes maybe up to an hour then i will usually go into a work task um, that's going to depend on the day usually i i block out a, a period of time to where it's like work on the hardest thing first like get the hardest thing done first thing so then you the rest of the day is easier right start with the hardest task um, and then the morning is a good time to do some work i don't don't start with work first thing, like have some time for yourself, then you can get into work. But when you start with the hardest task, that's when your willpower is the highest because mm-hmm. willpower is like a muscle and you're using it the whole day. So if you wait until the end of the day to do the thing that you've been putting off, it's probably going to get put off another day. So start start with it first thing in the morning. Uh,
1: have you read The One Thing?
0: Gary Keller? No, I have not.
1: Wait, did we? Did I say this last night? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I understand the concept. Okay, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, after the the work thing, then I'll I'll update my private online community. It's called the Captain's Lifestyle Crew. Uh, it's a database of knowledge. You know, whatever I learned that day, I'll type it into the specific category. And uh, after that, I'll usually create a post for social media. And then usually that's done by 7 a.m. 7 a.m. I take my dog out for a run, watch the sunrise, uh, run back, and from there it depends. Maybe I'll get a quick workout in, maybe I'll make breakfast, maybe I'll make coffee and continue working. So from there it kind of depends, but that's that's the morning routine. Also, uh, if we want to get really biohacky and technical i meditate on my grounding mat so it's plugged into a a grounded outlet um so i'm getting the effects of being connected to the earth Mm -hmm. while still being inside which reduces inflammation reduces stress and um i also you know i don't know how we can get on this podcast but i do a juve which is red light red and infrared light on my balls in the morning. It's this little wow. red light panel that, yeah, and so it helps with testosterone production. I also do it on my face sometimes. Wow. Um, and then I also usually first thing in the morning while I'm reading or meditating, I'll use what's called uh, the human charger. So it's, it's uh, earbuds that go in your ears that produce bright light mm. because I wake up well before the sunrise and light, specifically from the sun, first thing in the morning is... One of the major things that sets your circadian rhythm, which is your body's internal clock tells you, you know, when to wake up, when to go to bed. And because I wake up well before the sunrise, I get bright light via artificial sources. Hmm. Um, so it depends on how nerdy you want to get with that. but um, I love that. Yeah.
1: Um, there's a conference that I went to. Do you know who Ben Green- Greenfield is?
0: <laughs> ben Greenfield is one of the people I get the majority of my information from. I love Ben Greenfield.
1: He was at a conference for beauty professionals, like just hairstylists, lash artists, Mm -hmm. everything. It was called Serious Business and it's always in New Orleans and their thing is it's not other like people in the industry talking, it's uh, the speakers are actually, do you know who Esther Perel? Perel? Yeah. Yeah. Is her last name pronounced that way?
0: I think it's Esther Perel.
1: Yeah. And uh, Preston Smiles and Alexi Panos. I don't know if you know them. Mm-hmm. Um, all these people. And so he obviously talks about biohacking a lot.
0: Mm.
1: And I'm like, that is so interesting. And I'm really excited that he shared that with the beauty community. We care about that stuff too. Like we yeah. obviously a lot of what we do is about like how we look on the outside. But we're... A lot of us are introverts and a lot of us feel like we're therapists sometimes and talking to our clients and stuff. We do actually care about other things besides mm-hmm. how our lashes look and stuff. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, that's awesome. So the rest of your day is kind of dedicated to just probably whatever the day looks yeah, like Yeah, usually, for you.
0: Um, you know, work, w- whether that's podcast recordings, sending out emails, coaching calls with clients, my calls are from 2 p.m. to like five thirty p.m. That's my block for calls. Um, and then in the afternoon is like when I get my workout in, uh, outside in the sun, barefoot. Um, so I'm grounding also, uh, you know, eat. Um, so yeah, it just depends on what's going on for the day.
1: Are you doing 75 hard right now? Is that I'm what you're saying? No. Was somebody talking about that at the thing? Um,
0: Maybe. It's not me. I don't. I understand 75 hard. I think it's I think it's a good place to start if you're not very well versed in the personal development, health and wellness community. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's primarily good for building mental toughness and resilience in terms of. You know, adopting that as a lifestyle, like I made a post a while ago saying 75 hard is not going to fix your problems. Mm. Like it's, yeah, it's an okay starting point, but it's, it's not going to solve anything.
1: I feel like you do a lot of stuff though. That is like you work out outside. You make sure to like,
0: y- yeah. Y- you, so 75 hard is two 45 minute workouts per day. One is outside. One outside. outside. Drink like a gallon of water or something, Mm -hmm. read 10 pages of a book, follow a diet. And I believe- Cold shower. That's it. Is it a cold shower? Yeah. Okay. And a cold shower. So yeah, all of those can be good things. For the workout, you know, that's going to vary greatly depending on the type of workout you do. Mm -hmm. Like two 45 minute workouts, that's a lot of freaking work. You don't necessarily need to be working out for 90 minutes a day. Uh, especially if it's high intensity, that might be doing more harm than good, especially if you're not getting high quality sleep, especially if, you know, following a diet, okay, what does that mean? Yeah. What if your diet is garbage and you're eating, you know, so it's a good basic starting point to, again, get people mentally resilient, to get them to follow something because something is always better than nothing. So if you're going from, you know, not working out, like not being conscious of your diet, to following this that's why i said it's a good starting point and it's not going to solve any of your problems like it's much deeper yeah than
1: that. we were talking about the other day that women um are not as educated on feminine health and like menstrual health and stuff and so sometimes mm. working out too much or like depending on where you're at in your cycle if you're doing certain workouts like your body's asking for actually less, yeah, Yeah. like like low intensity or resting, sleeping a little bit more, even eating a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And um, I started doing that actually a couple years ago, getting interested in it, but um, it was mostly for reasons of, I knew I couldn't have important conversations during a certain part of the month. Hmm. Like I would just know all of, my meetings or whatever I would just schedule at a certain time I knew I was most productive at a certain time I mm. knew I was like less productive at a certain time so I would realize like I'm not depressed or I'm not like in a funk I'm just in my this phase and I'm gonna enjoy this phase and then you know next week I'm gonna like get so much done because I f- it's it's like men they' y'all's um For like Texas.
0: Y'all. <laughs> oh,
1: everyone always says that. Um. Yeah, but yeah. So men, they're it's like twenty four hours for them, but like for a woman, it's a monthly cycle. So mm-hmm. y'all stuff resets every day, but ours is different. Depending on we're like four different people mm-hmm. each month, and so whenever you're interacting with like negative people or like even whenever you're trying to have a difficult conversation, it looks differently depending on where you are in your cycle. But anyways, I don't know why. Yeah,
0: no, that's awesome that you're so in tune with that because like yeah. you said, so many women are so oblivious to this. That, you know, they just follow the doctor's advice because it's the doctor and they're on birth control and they get so disconnected from how they actually feel, Yeah. you know. um, And so that's really cool that you're able to connect like – look at yourself and how you're actually feeling and not try to push through that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I'm feeling kind of crappy today, but fuck it. I'm, I am i got to do this anyway and go and then it's just going to be shitty work. Yeah. So the, the fact that you know that and you're in tune with that and your body and how you feel is amazing. Yeah. And so many girls, I feel like they just push it off. Like, I'm supposed to put on this act and I'm supposed to feel perfect every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's... What would you recommend for girls that are listening who can start to become more in tune with that?
1: There is an app you can get. It's called Cycles, I think, and it um, it's not only like tracking your cycle, but also your symptoms, like your body and your um, like, are you more stressed today? Are you more emotional today? Are you angry? Um, Because I get really angry and like irritable, and then I'm really sociable or loving or more productive at sometimes, and so it literally is a pattern every month and so if I didn't know where to start that's where I would probably start is just tracking where you're at it's kind of like whenever you don't know what to change in your diet just start tracking what you are doing first mm-hmm. and then you can realize like oh actually I'm not getting enough of this or that and mm-hmm. so just track where you're at and then um, it also
0: al- to clarify hormonal birth control is gonna yes. throw all of this off i was gonna
1: say that i, I don't want to give any, anyone like medical advice but i'm not on birth control and so i can actually fully feel these things and yeah it's yeah
0: at the seminar we were at we did a histocompatibility mm-hmm. thing which is basically women can i don't know the full science behind it but they can based on scent like smell who they would be attracted to yeah and there's stories of women who are married to their husbands for like years, decades even, and they're on hormonal birth control and then they want to have a kid. And so they come off hormonal birth control and then all of a sudden they're repulsed by their husband. Like they can't stand them because now their cycles are starting to become normal. And they're like, this actually isn't the person I want to be with. Yeah. And so it, it really does mess up a lot of things.
1: Yeah. Um, I've always found that interesting. On some level, I kind of knew that scent was a thing for women because, like, I – this sounds so weird. Um, I feel like some of the people that I've been with smell similar. Mm. And even my dad, like, has a smell that I'm like, you kind of smell like my dad. Is that weird? Like, Yeah,
0: no, that's real.
1: You know? But – I don't know. It's like you're just um, attuned to a certain scent. And, yeah, so we did this thing. You guys had to wear mm-hmm. shirts to sleep, and they're all white. And then they matched y'all's number, and mm-hmm. then we had to sniff a mm-hmm. bunch of shirts and stuff. It was...
0: <laughs> a bunch of stinky armpits. <laughs> <laughs> it was It was really
1: cool. Um, yeah, and then we did an eye-gazing exercise with the person we were matched up with. Mm-hmm. And that got really deep well Mm -hmm. so yeah we've talked about this but can you share about what that was like for you
0: yeah you want me to say that i cry yes i cried (laughs) i cried uh so yeah that was that was good i i had been because i heard about eye gazing on ben greenfield's podcast he mentioned how he eye gazes with his wife and kids for like 10 minutes and to me that just sounded like the most uncomfortable thing to just sit there and stare at somebody for 10 minutes i was like I don't want to do that. Yeah. And then when they said that we were going to be doing eye gazing at the thing, I was I was more open to it. I was a little bit nervous, but because we had done a lot of these icebreakers, like the ecstatic dancing and we kind of like let go of all, you know, who cares what other people think? Your like, ego. Exactly. Yeah. Like so then I was a little bit more open to it. The eye gazing was really powerful because Aubrey he was amazing. He he walked us through like okay, now stare at the inside corner of their eye and think of all of the tears that that eye has shed yeah and now look at the outside corner of the eye and see all the wrinkles and all the smiles that have been smiled and now look at their nose think of all the smells that that nose has smelled Mm -hmm. good and bad then look at their lips think of all the the other lips that that person has kissed and you know he was just so beautiful about it yeah and then at the end of the experience uh he was he gave the the partners he gave us a chance to share what we felt and my partner I don't know how she knew you know women have a very powerful intuition and by I guess staring into my eyes and seeing my reaction like what was going on she was able to tell um I forget the exact words that she said but she was like I I know that I can see that you just have to be or that you have been so strong for so many people and you just, you want that support for yourself. Like you want somebody to be there for you. And I just, I lost it. I was like, fuck, like, how did you know that? And I, yeah, I I cried and we embraced and hugged and it felt really good to actually be in that vulnerable state because as a man, it's very difficult to be vulnerable with a woman because the masculine and feminine dynamic, masculine energy is very, you know, goal oriented and driven and protective. And usually masculine energy is the one who is, you know, doing the the, the holding, like come to me for support and, you know, it's okay. I will protect you and for me it was difficult to let go of that and be like okay i need support now from feminine energy yeah and that just felt really good to uh to have that and like true support like you could tell that she and everybody else in the room like actually deeply cared about everybody else yes which was super cool
1: i know i i cried so much for everyone else's stories but that was, like, one of the first times also that, like, I also had compassion for myself. And I think I mentioned this in the, the last episode that I did here because it was right after the retreat. And I just was, like, you know, opened up and sharing, like, it was also nice to, like, feel that compassion for yourself, too. Forgiveness of yourself or just, like, loving yourself, too. And I remember whenever I was looking at Dave, um, I So as a mom now, like, I was looking at Dave as though he was young and, like, how his mom must love him. And then you just think about, like, all the times that he must have had his heart broken or, like, any time that he's felt left out at school or anything. Like, all those things that, like, everyone has experienced on some level. And you just are like, wow, this was like a little innocent, pure child. And they've had all these experiences and now time has passed and they're an adult. And whenever you just see people like that, like we've all gone through stuff, we're probably still going through stuff and we all have our things, um, you just start to look at people different and it was life-changing. And I'm really bad at eye contact. Like I don't hold it very long, um, especially with men, but um, that was yeah, very challenging, but I loved it. And then he said in return, he was like, I could tell like you, like I could feel your pain. Mm-hmm. Like, and I just was like, wow. And there's a bunch of people that would come up to me all weekend and just give me a hug and just be like, I, yeah. you know, I see you or I feel you. Like, it was just so special.
0: Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. If if anybody listening wants to get deeper into this sort of thing, um, I recommend doing what's called the, f- the four step. So it's, everybody has a story and there's like three levels of stories. It, it's either um, annoying, hurt, or haunt. So if, you know, a- an annoying story, you know, maybe somebody cut you off in traffic and you mm-hmm. didn't like that and it ruined the rest of your day or whatever. Just these little annoyances throughout your life. then there's hurt you know stories that hurt a little bit more that kind of linger with you then there's the stories that haunt you like deep traumas that you don't want to you don't want to acknowledge that are affecting you to this day so you can pick one of those stories and the four-step process is first writing it out because so many of us just keep our stories replaying in our head and there seems to be no end because if it's not written down on paper, once you write it down, there's a beginning word and an end word. And it's all there. The story's there. There's no other things. Like you can't just keep adding things on in your head. It's, it's there. Uh, so write it out in full detail. More detail than less. You know, more detail is better. And once you write out your story, read it aloud. And then after, so that's step two. Step one, write it out. Step two, read it aloud. And ideally do this with a person that you trust, You know, somebody who cares about you, that you can do this exercise with. Uh, and then step three is read it at 75% speed. Because if it's, you know, obviously whatever story you wrote down has some effect on you. A lot of times people tend to read very quickly through their stories and because they just wanna get through it. They just want it to be over. And so read it at 75% speed. You're going to have to slow yourself down. That's why it's good to do it with a partner because they can say, slow down. Yeah. Slow down a bit. And then step four is at every period, right? Like a big slash on the page. And at each period or exclamation point, question mark, whatever, then take a breath. So read the sentence. Because what happens is when we tell a stressful or, you know, haunting story, our breath gets trapped in our chest and we're stressing ourselves out and it's very short. It's like, you know, yeah. like when you start to cry, it's like, yeah. and then when you're in that state, you know, you're very emotional and, um, you're, you're kind of closed off and you don't want to open up. So stopping at each period and taking that full big breath in, slow exhale out that will slow everything down and usually this is when the tears start to come and that's okay that's good cry let it out because ultimately the only way to to move on and and to let go and to relieve stress is to process and and work through these stories Mm -hmm. like we can talk all we want about stress reduction tactics about supplementing with magnesium and doing breath work and all these things Yeah, they're good in the moment, but unless you address the underlying story and trauma, they're really just band-aids Yeah, because it's going to come back. So yeah, you can do this work with a coach um, would be ideal because they know what they're doing. They know what questions to ask. They can hold space for you. Um, But yeah, it's a very powerful exercise to actually get these stories out of your head, get them on paper and work through them.
1: Do you feel like there is um, – I don't feel like anyone that goes to things like this is doing it for reasons for their business necessarily. But do you feel like there's some unintended outcome or consequence of going to like what we went to, how that changed you as, you know, you continue your journey with business too? Like did that change anything for you?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely because my business is so directly tied to my own personal development. It's like the better I get, the better I'm able to serve my clients. Um, and for most business owners, that's the same thing, you know, and for most people, regardless of if you own a business, the better you get, the better you're able to show up for whatever it is that you do. Uh, so like I said, you know, the, ceos business owners of the future they're going to have to care about themselves first and foremost their employees and their impact on the planet Mm -hmm. so yes do this work for yourself that's going to lead into having a better business or at least being better at your job being able to show up for friends and family so absolutely Yeah.
1: yeah the very next day after the after that experience um walking into work was so different like you, you just start looking at each person that, like, shares this journey with you. And, like, I don't know, even my parents and siblings and stuff, you just, I don't know, you get to apply that stuff to your life. And um, so, yeah, I just think it's so important to, like, not only invest in new classes and perfecting your craft and stuff, but also, like, really like get in there. Therapy or retreats or something.
0: Yeah, I really recommend the story work. Yeah,
1: that sounds awesome and challenging, like emotionally.
0: Yes. And that's the point. Um, We could also talk about language Mm. and how, because our language literally shapes everything, like how we see the world. Dr. Joe Dispenza says, your personality shapes your personal reality. So if you view the world, if you, if your view of the world is, you know, pessimistic and everybody is out to get me and everything's going wrong with the world and I can never catch a break, that's because of your personality, right? So if you change your personality, you change your personal reality, how you see the world. Yeah. And you can do this by simply switching up your language, changing out words. There's conflict language, and there's architect language. Conflict language is what most people who are living in the matrix are are using. And there's three main components of conflict language, soft talk, negations and projections. Soft talk are ambiguous words that take you off the hook that for any responsibility, it's words like, maybe, like, could, should, possibly, I'll try, you know. It's like if somebody said to you, yeah, I'll, I'll maybe try to pick you up from the airport. You're going to trust them to pick you up? Absolutely not. You want somebody to say, yes, I will be there at this time to pick you up. Yeah. So the opposite of soft talk is solid talk. Mm-hmm. Like affirming words. Yes, I will be there. Soft talk creates soft results. So how long have you been trying to lose weight? Like, yeah, I might go to the gym tomorrow. You're not fucking going to the gym tomorrow. Like, commit one way or the other. So that's soft talk. Then we have negations. Negations are focusing on what isn't, what wasn't, or what can't be. So I don't want to be late, or I can't do this, or I don't have time. Those are all focusing on what you can't do or what you don't want. Instead, uh, the opposite of negations are affirmations, focusing on what is, what was, or what can be. So you don't want to be late. Okay, what do you want? I do want to be on time. Okay, so switching it into what you do want. Everybody, in, you know, who's been in a relationship or gone through a breakup can say the things that they don't want mm-hmm. in in another person, right? It's like, okay, well, what do you actually want in a relationship? Let's focus on that. And so that's... um that's the opposite of negations is affirmations and then we've got projections which i believe is one of the the major problems with general society right now is everybody's projecting uh, their views onto other people so it's rooted in pronouns you he she they this that did this to me work is stressing me out you never listen to me things like that uh and instead switch it around to take ownership work doesn't stress you out work is just work mm-hmm. it is you know this water bottle is an inanimate object it can't do anything like it's it's your view of the thing one of my favorite quotes from shakespeare is nothing is either good or bad but thinking makes it so mm. so S- situations or events are simply that. They just are. It's your view of the thing that, you know, creates your response to it. So if you can go from work stresses me out to I stress me out based on my view of the work or he never listens to me. Okay. Let's break this down. Never is binary. It's like, I forget who said this quote, but two words, like the two words you should never say are always a never. Just because it's just like things are hardly ever yes or no, binary, you know, black and white. There's, you know, there's gray area. So does he never listen to you or does he sometimes listen to you? Because there's a big difference there. Okay, he sometimes listens to me. Okay, good. So we made that switch. He sometimes listens to me, and let's take responsibility. He sometimes listens to me. And I can first listen to him to better understand his point of view, and then he'll be more likely to open up, right? So he sometimes listens to me, and I can be better at listening to him and also work on my communication skills. Mm. So then it goes to something that you can't control. You can't control other people or external circumstances. You can only control your thoughts and your actions.
1: And also, whenever you come at somebody like that, it definitely feels like an attack versus if you were to say, I'm feeling misunderstood or I'm feeling like this or that versus saying you this Mm -hmm. and you do this.
0: Yeah. Nobody wants to have a conversation when they feel like they're being attacked. Mm -hmm. They want to close off and be in defensive mode, Mm -hmm. right? This is why arguments in politics are so ridiculous, like back and forth back and forth nobody's actually listening it's just going in one ear out the other and they're coming up with an attack Mm -hmm. they're not actually listening they're just coming up with their retaliation yeah their
1: next response never gonna
0: work Gary V mentioned this in my podcast with him he's like in America right now especially everything is so red and blue and it's just (laughs) we're not making any progress because nobody actually wants to communicate and come together to form purple mm-hmm. that's the only way things are going to change is if we can communicate and listen to each other instead of just like you're right you're wrong it's yeah. no there's it's and
1: mm, good talk good talk thank you thank you mm-hmm. this was
0: lovely